Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. All right. So today we are talking about all good things must come to an end uh, and just talking about the topic of finishing well. And so I know in January um, we were looking at a lot of our subscriptions and just determining which ones were really necessary, which probably none of them are necessary, but which ones do we not use as frequently? And so what were some of the things that we ended in January? Uh, so the big ones, the easy ones were the like subscriptions to streaming services that we really don't log into that often. So like discovery plus and, uh, trying to think like paramount were hitting the Apple, uh, ID. So you have to go kind of go digging for some of that stuff sometimes. So those two were probably like sign up to watch one movie or one show and then <laughs> kind of fell off. I was about to ask you, how did we get here? How did we get to not even knowing? Like we kind of knew what streaming um, services we had because we have all of yeah. them or we had all of them. So. Yeah. So then the, the big one, which I've been debating for, it seems like forever was at, at our home office, which we work from 95% of the time, we have two internet service providers. One is AT&T Fiber, which is super fast and never goes down. The other one's Comcast, which is kind of our backup. We had the girls on Comcast. We didn't want them to steal like our bandwidth um, on the business side. But really we started to question, was Comcast even needed? And they had a couple of outages. We never use the TV subscription anymore because we have apps, uh, streaming services that are turned on. So after I think three or four years of being Comcast customers, we were just finally, finally pulled the plug and it feels good. Um, you know, just to save a little bit of, of dollars and kind of add that back to the budget, get a little bit more financially fit. Um, there's other stuff that probably we could shop out, but I did feel like it was a win because we no longer have that monthly payment. Yeah. And one that we didn't really intentionally cut off um, or like by choice, but we have been cut off from is our Sonic app because <laughs> Sonic, and if you're not having this problem, um, but we need to talk and figure out, is it just us or is it everyone? But I think Sonic is having issues with their merchant services because no payment form through the app is accepted. And I refuse to not order from the app because I'm not going to pay full price for my drinks after I've gone years paying half price any time of day for my drinks. So we have been cut off from the Sonic app and... Therefore, Sonic drinks are no longer a daily, they're no longer a daily occurrence. Our Sonic usage uh, that flows through QuickBooks uh, has dropped dramatically. <laughs> and um, it is, it, it, they're, they're stopping us from being a consumer and, you know, uh, 
it's just one of those things. Cause even like last night we were getting gas right next to Sonic and tried to buy drinks in the app. And then as soon as it shows card declined, it's like, screw that drive off. I'm not, I'm not paying full price for your drink. And I'm not waiting. I'm not paying full price for not, this drink I didn't need. I'm not waiting so. around uh, <laughs> for my order to get filled. I want the privilege of placing my order ahead of time, knowing that it's right, and then just picking it up. Um, I have heard that there is a hack. There's a workaround where you have to buy Sonic gift cards, load those onto the app. And that's yeah, that's similar to like certain gas stations. Like I think Walmart does that. Like Walmart will give you a discount, Sam's Club. If you have their gift card, pay with a gift card and reload that. So maybe, maybe that's what Sonic's trying to do. They're trying to weed out the uh, the credit card, the merchant service fees. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the worst. So our topic of conversation is offboarding or yeah. finishing well. And there's lots of reasons that you may choose to end a relationship. Uh, and so even as a consumer, or even as a service provider that you need to end a relationship. And so we've had that experience just here recently with us as consumers, uh, canceling subscriptions and canceling service. And then also we have experienced with clients who, for whatever reason, no longer need to be a client of DBA. So really wanted to talk through some of those things and what it looks like both on both sides of the spectrum as a consumer or as the service provider to finish well um, and leave both parties in a better place than before. Yeah, I think part of it is uh, offboarding or what you would consider churn. Um, so churning of uh, customers or clients, however you think of them is, is natural. And for certain industries, certain businesses, the churn may be more infrequent than others. Once you move to a monthly service model where you have monthly recurring revenue, churn becomes more of a factor um, that you need to plan for. So we have moved mainly to a MRR or a monthly recurring revenue model. We do have a percentage of churn that is factored into our growth. And we just want to make sure that our net revenue retention is, is obviously exceeding the amount of churn um, because of our goals that relate to certain things as we build our team out and things like that. So churn is acceptable in most industries. It's probably five to 10% of churn um, in the prior year. Uh, in prior years, we've essentially offboarded clients or service lines that no longer fit the business. So that is where we actually made that decision to exit that relationship and um, transfer those relationships to others. That is also offboarding. So you have to do that with care. I think we've talked about that a few times in other episodes. Um, but either way, if, if a client has come to the point where they no longer value your services, they've outgrown your services, or the other way, like they just can't afford your services and you become a burden on the business. We've always taken the approach that it is our job to maintain the health of the business that we can as best we can. And sometimes that is bowing out uh, of the relationship. And our model is a little bit different because we don't have a la carte services any longer where it's like you can just still be a tax client or still do certain things. So 
we really try to move them over to a better a better service provider that can do just what they want to do if they are reducing their level of services. So churn is important or offboarding. Uh, and, and that a result of that are the steps that you have to go through to make sure that you end gracefully, that you end well, and that uh, you know, you finish the relationship with class essentially to get them like headed in the right direction, even if that is without you. And uh, yeah, there, there's a ton to talk about there. Yeah, I think it's worth um, saying it again that it is okay for a service provider to initiate a transition or to initiate the end of that client relationship. If you no longer offer the service that they need or you're not providing the service level that they want or the client doesn't find value in what you're providing, then it really is your, like it's our responsibility as a service provider to initiate that conversation of, is this relationship still what you need, what you were expecting, or is there another service provider that can serve you better? And that's where we say to finish well in helping them through that transition. And so as a service provider, what are some things that really help that client to transition well to wherever their next stop may be? Sometimes it's an introduction. Um, so the thing with whether you're transitioning something as easy as payroll services or annual tax preparation, if in our situation, if we're bowing out of an all-inclusive relationship and someone just to want, wants to go piece it together themselves, then we would make an introduction to another payroll processor, whether that be ADP or Paychex or whoever that the client may um, connect with. Uh, and then also, if we know of a peer or referral partner in the market who is accepting annual engagements, annual tax engagements, or more closely identifies with the service offerings that that, that client wants, then we will try to pair them up. And sometimes the the client or former client is appreciative and they will go with our recommendation. And sometimes they go, they already have somebody else in mind and that's fine too. So sometimes it is just that introduction to who we think could be, um, could help on the other side of that transition. I think another important area of helping a client transition well is letting them know of dates. What are the dates agreeing upon what are the dates that our services will stop and then making sure that they have coverage or they have a plan for what's happening after that end date. So if it is a payroll, looking at when are their cutoff dates and what is the last date of the payroll that say DBA will run versus whoever their new provider or their in-house person will do. Um, and then also, you know, what what deliverables should they expect and, you know, on what timeline, what will be included with, say, that last payment um, that they make to your office. So really just letting them know what are the important dates and making sure they have a plan going forward to get the services that you provided in the past to have that taken care of in the future. Um, another one is just financial responsibility. So in talking with that, what will be their last payment and what will that cover? 
um, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page of should be lined out in the engagement letter. So easy to reference back, but it's always nice to not assume that the client is going to go back and read that engagement letter or remember what it said, understand, but really to line that out with them so that it's just out in the open, any questions can be asked, and then there's no confusion and awkward conversations about it later down the road. Yeah, we're, we're going through this. I mean, it, it's the beginning of the year. So if, if there's any time in a business like ours to evaluate churn, it happens in Q1 because most likely customers want their um, tax filings done. They want their year ended well. And if they were looking for a change or maybe their budget, budget has changed, uh, they would probably initiate those conversations within Q1. So for us, it's fresh. That's part of why we're having this conversation. Um, it, it all is based on communication. You have to have solid communication and you have to get beyond the awkwardness and know that it is a professional relationship. And there may be emotions involved uh, on either side, but ultimately you have to rise above whatever those uh, emotions are. And if you, if you don't address the emotions or the timeline or try to be the better person, this awkwardness exists. And what ultimately happens is like animosity starts to build. And then it turns into a bad situation really fast to where they 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 don't respect either side. Um, maybe there's you know just something on either side of the table that is is weird because we're human. And um, I think the faster you can exit that and as clear a timeline as possible is the best scenario. So. Um, putting into an email uh, or some documentation, like here's the timeline we will follow, disconnect this at this date, disconnect this at this date, here are our recommendations. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, you wish everybody could stay um, happy and uh, on the bus, but it, it things change. People outgrow, people um, decline, whatever that looks like, you know, it's just part of business. Yeah, and then one other important part of at least of our offboarding process, but should be a part of everyone's offboarding process, is making sure that the client has the records that they need to move forward. So if it's uh, historical data as far as a prior year tax return or any of the documentation maybe that they've been storing with you that they will now need to transition to their new provider or just transition in-house and store those documents um, personally. Those are key items to remember so that you're not, you know, next January getting ready to prepare the tax return and have no idea how to get your data from your old provider. So that's just one more area that's important to make sure. And the service provider can initiate that. You can help that client. So there's no reason to, um, you know, have awkward conversations or hold back things that are going to help them in the future. If it's documents that you've prepared for them, they've paid for it, and their new service provider is going to need it, it's easier just to transition that on. At some point, they were a good client, and so um, they, they may still be a good client just their situation may have changed. And so you just want to make sure, again, like we said, leaving that person better off than before. 
So helping them as best you can. Yeah, I think the conversation actually starts before they're even a client. It starts during the prospect process and it starts in the engagement letter that they sign when they become a client. And you have to realize that there, there is a, a life cycle of, of clients. And in our industry, it's typically the life cycle is five to seven years. Uh, you would be a client and that, that has a variety of different factors in it uh, from selling the business and exiting to, you know, the new ownership that would be involved and the likelihood that the business, you know, grows beyond the services you provide or uh, declines and, and doesn't, have the budget for you any longer. So I think all these conversations happen way back when, when you decide to bring them on as a client and you, as a service provider, have to be very clear. You have to be the one driving the offboarding process. If there's, if there's a lack of clarity, it, it's going to come back on you at the end of the day that the client's really not at fault. Um, they may only do this, a handful of times in their professional career, it make these changes, but in the business that you're in, offboarding is a routine part of business. So I think that's the piece where you have to develop a process. And if you go back to even like this Comcast example, it, you know, it, it was fairly easy. Um, everybody, you know, you talk about how breaking up with your cable company is hard to do. So, I mean, it took, essentially, I started a chat, I got a call back because they don't want you to cancel. And then they ask if there's anything that they can do to change your mind. And after you lay out the facts that, no, I've got this other service already. It's a fiber service. It's just faster and it's cheaper. They know they, there's nothing that they can do. And cable companies have also changed. Um, so it was about a 30 minute call with, you know, being put on hold and doing the disconnect and everything like that. We were actually in the car when I was having that call. <laughs> And then there are very clear steps. You get an email with, oh, you need to return this equipment back at the Comcast store by this date to be credited back in full. You'll see your last charge uh, on this date and it closes the chapter. It, it's a clean break. And that also allows for, if you ever are in the market for that service again and they are a service provider, you're not gonna discount it. You know. The offboarding process is just as important as the, as being a client and, and working with the team process, I think. So the easier that you can make and kind of keep a professional relationship on both sides, Comcast just wasn't right for us anymore. But would I do business with them again if I had to? Sure. It, you know, it's one of those pieces where it wasn't bad. Um, it's just it's, it's part of the transaction and part of business. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people wait to offboard or they don't want to transition for various reasons. So either initiating that offboarding or as a client going to your service provider and saying, I no longer, I can't be a client anymore. I'm not going to be a client anymore. Um, I think one of, one of those reasons is typically it, it's, it costs something. So whatever you had before, you typically have to replace it with something. Um, and so it can be costly. So for example, if you are leaving, let's say financial services or accounting services, uh, what are some of the costs to be aware of 
if you were leaving a situation, for example, as a client of DBA, what are some of the costs that now come with, you know, finding a new provider? What are some things that they have to be aware of? Yeah, this is uh, super timely uh, because we just had a conversation uh, and started this process with a client who's been a client for about five to seven years. And they've grown with DBA. They got to the point where they can bring this, you know, some of what our team does in-house and feel that they're to that point where that makes more sense for them. And that's fine. So with that, um, you kind of have to peel back the services that are included with an all-inclusive model like ours. So we had to put into documentation, into an email, and we haven't done this in a long time, what all they are responsible for moving forward and how we will start disconnecting certain technologies and what compliance pieces they are responsible for. So as part of that, you know, you may have a uh, QBO subscription that is that was paid for by the accountant or the service provider that's going to be paid directly by the client. Um, maybe there is a backup service to QBO, like Rewind, um, that if they choose to have that. Also the payroll subscription um, that they would be responsible for as well. And, and also finding that payroll provider and doing that transition, going to more of a DIY. Uh, receipt capture software, uh, if, if they have that, that's another piece and another monthly subscription. And then uh, just where the documents live in that relationship. So like a portal, um, that's the other piece that that portal costs something to stay open. And you wouldn't leave all your different document retention turned on for all your former clients, or it would just be unnecessary expense for the firm. So you give them a certain amount of days, 30 to 90, whatever you deem responsible to download and take all of their documents with them before you limit access or turn it, turn off their access altogether. So I think those are the pieces that you kind of want to walk through and timeline is important, especially around payroll, because there are certain uh, dates that are kind of blacked out uh, as you get closer to like a quarter end and a payroll company will not accept you. So you want to have those conversations sooner rather than later. And then also if it's, if training existing people is outside of scope of your engagement, you want to make sure that you do have that conversation that any training of internal team members on what their responsibilities will be moving forward whenever you are not in place are going to be scoped out appropriately, whether you do that at an hourly rate, at a standard billing rate, or if it's some type of package that you under, that you know it takes about this amount of time to uh, train somebody on filing sales tax or filing property tax rendition reports or whatever that is. So that, those are a few things. Um, it, in a business like ours, people may think that it's just time like just payroll costs that is getting replaced, but it's all the different technologies in the world that we live in that go along with running a business that people need to be aware of. Yeah. So I think as you're transitioning from a service provider, it's important to recognize that there's probably more costs involved than what you're aware of, because where you may have been getting the value is maybe the thing that you're um, that you think about first. And so if someone were turning off our services, maybe they think, okay, I'm no longer paying for the meetings that I had with 
the team at DBA and I'm no longer, I need to pay for payroll. I'm not going to have those meetings anymore. So that cost just goes away. So, okay, I just need to find a new payroll provider and then everything else is good. And so it's really like thinking through, know the technology that goes with those pieces, also training for whoever's going to do it next, as well as the tax preparation that goes with that. And so, you know, well, and it's also can... support along the way. So what happens <laughs> when you have an issue with a terminated employee, or if you have an Intuit or QuickBooks question that you can't get answered, all of a sudden you're, you, you're exchanging your time now to go figure out those solutions versus having a team in place. And I'm, I, I may sound bitter. I do not mean to come off that way because it's just, those are the factors that you need to think through uh, whenever there is a transition in place. It's no different than going from one financial advisor to another. Um, are you ready to set up all new accounts in that new platform and go through the pain of onboarding. And all of this, I think we go back to communication. That's why communication is so key. If there's a, if you can slightly change something early on, like I really didn't like the way y'all handled this, or I think there needs to be a different expectation here. As a customer or a client, you can have that conversation with your service provider and make recommendations along the way as the professional service provider, we would much rather have that insight into what your needs are than to think everything is fine and then be caught off guard whenever whatever's going on on your side just kind of comes to the boiling point and you've had enough. Um, so that's where I think the relationship is key. And the most important part of that relationship is communication on both sides. Yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, we would much prefer to have an improvement conversation over an offboarding conversation if an improvement conversation could prevent an offboard. Um, I think a lot of people, they hesitate on the breakup, uh, as we like to call it sometimes jokingly, uh, but they hesitate not just because of the cost, but because it's awkward. Our services um, with our business, a lot of services are relational in nature and you like the people that you're doing business with. But again, there may have been a change in your business and you can no longer um, keep that service up or need that service. And so it is, it can be awkward to have that conversation of, Hey, we're leaving. And so, um, and then also time consuming. So just finding that new provider uh, who's going to do this work and the training that goes along with it, all of those things. And so there's reasons that people hesitate, but I think it's really important to note that you're not stuck. So if you're not happy with the service level that you're receiving or you're not finding value in that anymore, it's worth it for both sides to have initiate a conversation. Again, it could be an improvement conversation. And if improvements can't be made, then it becomes an offboarding conversation, but it's worth it to have that than just kind of living unhappy. It, yeah. it could be costly and time consuming in the beginning, but our AT&T fiber, <laughs> going back to that story, that was kind of a pain to get that run to our house. I think they made multiple trips to our house and were on the inside of our house and in our attic and different things uh, to set that up. But I'm telling you that knock on wood, we have not lost connectivity with 
the AT&T fiber ever, and Comcast is down about once a week or more. Yeah. And so um, it 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 was a couple weeks process from scheduling and then coming back multiple times, installing. People had to be home, uh, dogs had to be put away, all those kinds of things. But in the end, so worth it. So sometimes that little bit of pain in the beginning is worth it for a better relationship throughout the entire process. Yeah, I think the other thing that, like using that as an example, we were able to run parallel for a little bit and make sure that we truly did like AT&T before we cut Comcast off. Um, you can't really do that in a professional service relationship too much, but you can have multiple interviews with, if you are in the market for somebody new and you have outgrown or the improvement conversations didn't amount to anything with your service provider, you can do multiple interviews and feel very confident in your decision moving forward and beyond that current relationship. Because we have more, uh, and we're fortunate, we have many more onboarding conversations than we do offboarding conversations. And so that's just a part of our growing business and the team that we built and uh, kind of everything that seems to be going well on that side. And even your role has changed over the years, but you used to get the phone calls about people that were frustrated, but they felt so stuck was the word you used. And they felt like they couldn't make a change. Tell me more about that. Like what mindset wise, how do people get beyond that hurdle? Cause I have an opinion because my opinion is the professional service provider. And I love this quote that, um, someone shared. And if, if you have the money and money solves the problem, you don't have a problem is what I keep coming back to. And uh, like, part of that is just, is it budget? Does it come down to making some changes? What's your take on that? We don't like the unknown or the uncertainty. So even if we're miserable and sitting in discomfort, we know that discomfort. We know that level of pain and we are surviving through that. So to make the jump into something that's uncertain, I think a lot of times it's a lack of trust in who would be the next stop, who would be the next provider, because you're not, you don't trust enough that that's going to be a better situation. So now you've we'll say wasted, but wasted time and money and had awkward conversations all for nothing because now you're in a position that's similar. And so I think really it's a lack of trust on the uh, prospect or um, the client's part that it can, that it can be different or that it can be better. And so there's no, there's no motivation to make that change. And likely what we've seen when we're fortunate enough to onboard a new client is that the offboarding procedures for where they came from were, weren't good. <laughs> Just like their service wasn't good. Um, so we even have to make recommendations yeah. of maybe don't mention this yet to right. your service provider until we have all of these things that we're going to need to get you started correctly as far as like historical data. Um, because not all 
people have an offboarding process and not all people believe that um, the offboarding process is just as important as onboarding. There's a statistic out there. If you spent money with somebody, you're more likely to spend money with them again in the future. So based on that offboarding experience, I may opt back into one of those streaming services or, you know, hopefully not Comcast while AT&T's around, but maybe AT&T won't always be around. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of an, another point. I think that we often hear that first impressions are everything. First impressions are so important, but I think final impressions are equally as important. So ending that relationship well, finishing that season or whatever it might be, finishing that well just allows you to go, I feel like, in freedom moving yeah. forward. Final impressions are what you're probably going to tell your friends about. All right. Well, thanks for having this conversation. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.